five, four, three, two, one. You already know who it is, Punkadelophiles. He's mentally chill. It's Denzel washing fun. King Bong. Chill in it. George or thinks. Let's get Punkadelic, boys and girls. All right, let's have a quick look at what's coming up on the show tonight. It is going to be a good one. It is highly, highly probable that this is going to be the last Punkadelic podcast of the year, of its first year, the last one before Christmas. So, is it a Christmas-themed episode? No, absolutely not. I did not have my shit together in time to get something like that organized, so that's absolutely not what we're going to do tonight. Tonight, we're going to take a look over... Right, well, look, this is what's coming up. I'm going to recommend you guys some shows. I'm going to recommend you guys some shows, some stuff to look at on YouTube for Christmas hangovers. Um, we're going to talk about the long, sad tale of Dustin Poirier, we're talking Tarantino, we're always doing it every week, I'm obsessed, get fucking used to it, then what we're going to do is, the majority of tonight's episode, I'm going to give over to, so way, 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 way back when, episode 2 and 3, I want to say, can't mind, can't mind at all, uh, we did a list of great podcasts, so podcasts that are just great podcasts all in, so now that I've probably tried and failed to rip off every single one of them what are we on now this is episode 40 41 maybe i thought what we'd do is take a second and go through the actual episodes of those podcasts that fucking sealed the deal got me in the door and fucking got us locked and loaded on that god willing i will put some links in the bio even though i say i will do this almost every week and then never do i'm not quite sure what the disconnect is um, in my defense, I do pretty much always present this podcast pretty fucking high these days, so there is that. Um, and that's not going to stop, obviously, because, like, you guys don't even know. Like, I'll give you a little behind-the-scenes knowledge here. We'll drop, we'll talk some, we'll do some gossiping because it's the end of the year. I tried to record, was it last week's episode? I'm not quite sure. It's all a little bit of a blur at this point. You know, it's like 40 episodes. There's actually more than 40 there's like 43, 44. You know, there's enough. There is enough to be fucking causing a ruckus over. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus, Wep. Where the fuck was it going with this? What was it talking about? Ah, balls. Right, look. We need to get a buzzer for, for when this happens on the show because, like, I have to cut out a lot of these that you guys never hear. Oh, wait, yeah, we were going to talk behind the scenes, but what behind the scenes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, going right back to what I was talking about a short while ago in not being sober presenting this podcast. Uh, it was either last week or the week before's, and sorry, the previous episode or the episode before that, because I know they don't come out weekly anymore. But guess what's on my New Year's resolutions for 2022, you bunch of fucking rats? Yeah, not that. Put the podcast on hiatus. That's what's fucking in there. Just kidding. It will just it will continue to come out sporadically. And that's just that. So Sobriety. Getting back to the point. 
even though it's very, very difficult right now, I swear to God, you want to see, like, it's actually, it's, <laughs> it's actually outrageous, the smoking I'm doing at the minute, like, specifically tonight. So I just got another shipment of farm fresh, never been near a pesticide, gorgeous weed, just a mixture of hybrids and indicas this time. Absolutely zero sativa. Who has any fucking need for it? Who wants to sit there and think about their, like, it's just, it's too much. It's like, no, excuse me, it's not enough. It's like, it needs to shut the thinking down, I find. Not encourage it. But enough about sativa. So, before the podcast tonight, I grabbed three different varieties. I think there was some tropical runts, which is one of the nicest strains, greatest strains I have ever come across. If you ever get a chance to get your hands on more of that, absolutely do it. Uh, I believe I rounded that out with Lime Kai and Gelato Skittles. So I set three pineapple flavoured skins together and roached it with a glass tip so there's zero friction in that smoke coming out. And it's just... I'm a mess, to be honest. Like I've lost the track, all track of what I'm talking about a bunch of times already. No wonder if I finished making that point. Oh no, so the point being that I'm not sober tonight because one time, a recent episode, either the one before this or the one before that, I recorded Stone Cold Sober and the whole lot had to be thrown out. Now, I don't. it's not very often that I do that. Once or twice I've made a little bit of a balls up where bits and pieces have had to be re- recorded, re-recorded. Um... But I don't think, I think this is the first time that I ever looked at 54 minutes on the computer in front of me and just went, nah. Like, I don't, do you know what it is? I probably didn't even get it loaded into the computer. I probably just thought about it and just, nah. Because it probably, like, if I'm sober, well, it's just, it's not going to be funny. <laughs> it's just going to be me bitching straight. No punchlines, no giggling, no laughing at if the fucking word, if fucking funny words come up, you know? As every single funny word in the world escapes my brain. Cookamonga. There you go. There's one. Nincompoop. There's another. Notwithstanding. Because surely there's a shorter word. Anyway, I digress. So yeah, we're fucked up here tonight. We're going to be talking all-time podcast episodes. Like, the greatest of the great. So think about that list of great podcasts that I talked to you about. And then think about tonight as being their all of their greatest hits. Also, second fucking game mechanic in play tonight. And you won't know, but I just did a whole bunch of fucking very active karate chops to fucking emphasize that. Um, and I think I think there, there might be some truth to the rumor that the podcast is going on hiatus. But only so I can record and fucking put some energy into making it a little bit more produced, having a few more different jingles and whatnot that come up because, now I could be completely mistaken here, but I have a feeling that like people enjoy it when the fucking Walloper Watch theme comes on. You know, that's something that you can set your watch to. It's every week. It's most weeks. It's most weeks. I won't lie to you. Um, but yeah, so some more of those funny type things. Maybe I'll be able to afford to get myself a small guitar amplifier and I do have an interface to record in the computers. Now, it does beg the question, where am I going to get a good enough computer? But that's, you know, like, given all of the other hurdles have been surmounted there, that feels like a surmountable one, if that makes sense. You never hear about things being surmountable, only insurmountable. People are such fucking negative Nancys. Start saying things are surmountable 
and see watch people's heads explode. So then we're gonna have a little bit of crack tonight, and then we've got a story phase, and then we're gonna do Walloper Watch. We're gonna get the fuck out of here. And yes, you know I thought that we were done for the year, but Emma Beddington has written another article for the Guardian, so we're gonna be picking that clean apart. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, second game mechanic before I got lost in talking about karate chops. Sorry, this is like fucking Pulp Fiction here tonight. You guys are, are you guys keeping up with me or am I am I keeping up with my goddamn self? I don't know. But the secondary game mechanic is that I have an alarm set to go off at 60 minutes in. And we're going to cut it right off. So, don't want to fucking dwell on anything too much tonight. Just got a bunch of cool shit to recommend my friends. And then I'm going to get out of here. You know, that's it. That's the podcast. That is Punkadelic Podcast in a nutshell. Sometimes I'll have a bee in my bonnet about something. And, you know, I think there are going to be a couple more big production episodes coming up. Um, had another belter of an idea um, there recently. I'm going to do a m- much more thorough review of the Rio short movie collection that I went to see recently. Um, anyway, so I'm just going to be bringing you a list of 10 cool short movies. Hopefully get links to all of them. Then do a little bit of an Instagram campaign. Try and get some attention from the filmmakers. Because like if they're all local around here. You know like. Maybe they want to come have the chats with Big D. Now look I'm not saying anybody would. I'm not saying this podcast would ever. Do anything for anybody. But like. Doggy there was some talent on display at that fucking short film festival. So maybe we get a few of these motherfuckers around here. And we'll try and fucking pick their brains about some of their secrets. Um, You know what I'm saying. That, that Now that means big d spending a hundred fucking canadian on on another microphone and learning how to edit two-person podcasts because you know this is just i just do me i know i know how to fucking treat my voice so that it sounds good caught the treble by 4db you boost the bass by 4db there's also a compressor a noise gate and a fucking normalizer that i don't even know how to do the settings for i can just make it look right on the graph and then hit okay listen doesn't sound horrendous Boom, we've got another Concadelic podcast in the books. So that's it. That's what's coming up on tonight's show. Holy fuck. And do you know what it is? We're definitely going to get even more blown out before Walloper Watch because I I can't read that bitch Beddington sober. Like, what a fucking balloon. What a a fucking epitome of English English middle class exceptionalism. He's also probably a sexist because why not throw that at her? Fuck her. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I like to fill you in as well as to what the what the vibes are in the room for Punkadelic Podcast. And I will tell you that tonight we're lit only by Christmas tree and we're watching Sabata uh, with the sound turned off. Sabata is an old... Spaghetti Western, where Lee Van Cleef is playing an anti-hero. And I gotta tell you, I was rolling rolling a smoke at the start of this. And there was a really sick heist scene. And it was just like, holy shit, for 1969, real fucking sick. Boys come roping into the bank on four horses, these four fucking bandits, while the whole town's down fucking listening to the player piano and playing chords at the saloon. As you fucking do in a Western, like, you know. And uh, four boys fucking have the fucking bars of the bank vault. Tied up the four horses, bang, fucking whip the horses off, get the fucking gate pulled clean out the wall, back in, throw down, right, they've got in the back of like, whatever passed for a pickup back in them days, a carriage, I guess, a ute, 
And um, shout out Rachel Moore. And uh, so they jump in, throw down out of the back of the ute, like, you know, fucking 10 or 12 foot of train track. Then next thing they're fucking ripping a safe out of the wall, piling it down onto a cart that goes on the tracks. The tracks drive up to the fucking ute. The safe's in the ute, they're gone. They're fucking clean gone. Takes 20 minutes for the one boy to wake up from being knocked out and walk down and tell the pub the bank's been robbed. Town goes fucking ape shit. Levon Cleef, I think, is gonna go now and sort these cons straight. So, that's it. Levon Cleef, famous for being the bad, in the good, the bad, and the ugly. And my personal favourite Levon Cleef role, uh, for a few dollars more, where he's like. Do they call him Snake Eyes in that one, or is he Snake Eyes in fucking good, the bad? Either way, the middle, the middle one of the Dollars trilogy is the Money Spaghetti Western. Get it watched. I've told you before. But I'm enjoying the look of Sabata here, even with the sound off. Levon Cleef. Can't have him as a hero. Doesn't work for me. But he looks like a smarmy cunt, so villains just roll off the tongue for him. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Yeah, I've gone balls deep in the Tarantino fandom this year. There's no coming back. Like, I can't. I've talked too much fucking wet about it now. Like, so just gotta this is it this is what I'm doing I'm fucking sitting and watching movies called fucking Battle Truck from 1982 mad shit mad shit we're gonna be talking about it don't worry so TV show recommendation for you now I just want it to be known that I don't really fucking like Netflix their movies all fucking stink and their TV shows are formulaic and rely pretty heavily on visual effects and just Never see anything on there that totally fucking blows me away. Like, Chernobyl is not on fucking Netflix. You know what I'm saying? They didn't make that. They're not capable of it. They've got a system, and that system is beholden to a corporation, and so on, and blah, blah, and whatever else you want. I don't know. Okay, maybe I'm just being a hipster. But don't get me wrong. Like, I love Stranger Things. I love uh, F is for Family. But, like, just saying none of it is ever, like, Fucking 10 out of 10, knock you out of your seat content. However, how fucking ever fucking make a wanker out of me, make a liar of Big Dizzle and the Hizzle to go and pull out a straight 10 out of 10 There's a show up here now called Midnight Mass, folks, and it's uh, it verges on horror, but if you're scared of regular horror, don't worry about it. Just think of it as... Like, it's, it's no scarier than Stranger Things, I would say. Very much Stephen King vibes. Directed, it's a seven-part miniseries directed by Mike Flanagan, who I believe is most famous for directing Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, which is supposed to be pretty fucking good. I haven't seen it myself, but there you go. So there's the Stephen King connection also. And I can't tell you too much about the plot of this show but I'll tell you everything about the execution of it. It's fucking beautiful. Um, everything is long and slow. And like the first maybe two episodes you could maybe consider to be boring. But um, they're just setting the table so they can pull the fucking tablecloth tablecloth right off. Trust me on this. And it's you'll appreciate so much by the end of it. Like I'm always talking about looking. Like I love superhero shit. Multiverses. Love them. Going back in time, love it. Dozens of fucking boom tubes showing up full of parademons. I am fucking there, pal. But I'm always looking for the antidote also because 
those can that all this shit we see these days can be kind of cookie cutter so going back to the basics with a fucking seven part horror series which is slow and tense and the acting does all the heavy lifting so remember how hell or high water came out a few years back and it was just like it breathed it had a simple plot wasn't a whole pile going on it was just the two boys being fuckers that one boy being specifically more of a fucker and jeff bridges trying to catch them banging but this midnight mass has some stellar performances in it um i can't give anything away plot wise but the cop the drunk the religious lady the the young girl the cop's son the main guy riley he's got that damaged goods thing down perfectly the like what happened to him his backstory is horrifying what happens to him like he's like what his the end of his arc is like whoa and um i'm i'm pretty certain you won't see where it's going but don't think there's like a giant twist it's like a beautiful metaphor when you see it you'll be like oh why hasn't this been made before that's genius um so just don't want to blow this off don't want to suck this tv show off too hard i'm just telling you it is fucking excellent real real good quality fucking production by netflix there very very pleased with that one now all right so next time you you're hung over folks here's what we're going to do we're going to go to youtube and we're going to type in ufc sleeper hits so the ufc have been making it their business to go back through their catalog and pick out just fucking barn burners from back in the day and put them all up for free so i recently re-watched um brad riddell versus drew dober which is my personal fight of the year from this year that was a fucking back and forth bail to fucking bail that was wild so it's all fights like that just recently i also watched uh cub swanson versus do who do Choi, the korean superboy like are you fucking kidding me that was bananas how the fuck did the superboy not go out in that third round i will never understand it granite chin absolutely insane so we're also looking at there we've got fizayev fights up there uh, fizayev bobby green's up there and um i don't know look i'm not here to tell you every single video every, of every single fight that's up there but type in ufc sleeper hits and if you don't find something to amuse yourself with for 15 minutes sometime then i can't fucking help you because there's some of the fucking it's just like the really good fucking fights like that that happened down on the prelims or that are like the people's main event on a card with some bullshit women's title fight at the top do you know what i mean if you're a fight fan you get it don't worry about it however if you're not a fight fan i don't want you to go anywhere i'm fucking deadly serious now i want you to listen to this next bit because the way i want to frame this is if you don't watch fights please just let me tell you the story of dustin poirier just a little bit just for a couple of minutes and then i swear we'll move on so imagine just a good lad from louisiana that just loves fighting that at 18 years of age his girlfriend drove him in a hatchback to his first fight and it wasn't professional and it wasn't professional at all and it was at 185 pounds he's like really really chunky when you look at pictures of him back then and then a man that fucking fights his way tooth and nail through the Louisiana fucking fightville scene, uh, which is like, as you can imagine, pretty fucking hardcore swamp people. Fights his way to the UFC's featherweight division. So that means that where he had been uh, for his first fight, where he was running about 
pig fat fuck, 185 pounds. Got himself trimmed down to 145 fight shape and probably ballooning up to 155 plus on fight nights. If there were even weigh-ins back then, I don't even fucking know. Um, and has relative success in the featherweight division until he is unceremoniously knocked spark out by one Conor McGregor and made a fool of. McGregor called the shot, picked the round, told the world two days before it, and then delivered on it. Dustin had to go back to the drawing board altogether. So he moves up to lightweight, 10 pounds heavier, bit more comfortable in his frame, loads of power, ready to fucking start winning fights. Where he's at right now and the things that he's done in that division, like to get his first title shot against Khabib, incredible fights on the resume. Also, very, very notably winning the interim title from Max Holloway. Knocking out Justin Gaethje. Are you fucking kidding me? This man has done it all. Beat Eddie Alvarez twice. There was some skullduggery, I remember, in the first fight. Illegal strikes or some shit, but whatever. Rules are rules. Bourne burns his way up, and it's not like, you know, he can do it all. He can strike. He can do the jujitsu stuff on the ground if necessary. He's got competent wrestling, I would say. But he's just all heart. He just never wants to give up. Gets into a title fight with Khabib for the undisputed title. Has to fight the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Undefeated as fuck. The first time Khabib's ever fought a fight this big on his home turf. Well, essentially his home turf in a giant tent hastily constructed in Abu Dhabi. And Dustin gets choked out in front of the fucking world. Every single man in the arena goes ballistic cheering for fucking Khabib. So he goes back to the drawing board one more time. Comes back and fights a man by the name of Dan Hooker. And it is, to this day, one of the bloodiest, gutsiest fights you can ever watch. My favourite fight, possibly, of all time. Up there with uh, Gaethje Johnson. Up there with... Um, I'm a big fan of McGregor Diaz too, you know. Just things that are back and forth fucking wars. Dustin just came back and did this. And it was outrageous. Incredible fight. Somewhere along the line, he also won an, did I mention this, won an interim fucking title fight and beat the fuck out of Max Holloway. I rewatched a lot of that fight recently. I don't think I finished it, but he outstruck Max in terms of volume and in terms of damage, it was not even close. Not even a little bit. He just has so much fucking power to hurt people with. It is wild. And he'll get crazy too, you know. Whenever he smells blood, he'll square up like you're supposed to stand, you know, in a fighting stance so you can move out of there fast Dustin will be like fuck that bring his legs in line with his hips his feet in line with his hips excuse me and just start swinging from the hips unloading until his opponent is unconscious or the ref calls it off he won a bunch of fights like that so from the Dan Hooker win we move into beating up the mouthiest cunt in MMA Conor McGregor twice looking like the classiest man in the world while doing it launching a fucking multi-million dollar hot sauce business all the while, giving buttloads of money to charity. Does everything he does for the Good Fight Foundation, a charity that he started to help local communities in Louisiana, but now does stuff absolutely all over the world now. Just unreal. I mean, they got stiffed on 500 grand coming from Conor McGregor, but they were just like, fuck it, because Dustin's out there working for it constantly, and it's just like, you love to see it. This man's a great guy. He's a fighter that's all heart. Gives to charity. Is still with his girlfriend that drove him to his first fight. They're married. They've got kids. Great family man. Good looking cunt too since he's let his hair grow back out. 
definitely looked like a fucking lunatic with a skin head, but now definitely passable for a cunt with two cauliflower ears, big time. Beats up McGregor twice. Fights for the belt last weekend. Unfortunately for him, it's now possessed by a man called Charles Oliveira, who's now won 10 fights in a row in the lightweight division, which is insanity. Like, that's just bananas. That's the hardest division in the UFC. That's where all the hardest cunts are. It's a shark tank. It's the most difficult job you could do. Dustin fights Charles Oliveira, who is a jiu-jitsu savant, who can also punch the fuck out of you. Comes up short again, choked out in round three. So, just to say, if you don't watch fights and you catch wind of Dustin Poirier's next fight, maybe give heavy consideration to sitting down and watching it because people talk about the best fighters to never win the belt, and we know Dustin had the interim belt, but to not for Dustin Poirier to never be the undisputed UFC champion is just so wild to me for the effort that he's put in and the honesty of that effort if that makes sense it's bananas you can fucking say what you want you can say i'm a fucking dust and dick writer or i'm sucking his cock here now or whatever but it's just like we're lucky to have been able to watch that man compete same as tony ferguson he's past his best now but like i'm so glad we got to see some of that shit like when tony beat up rda are you fucking kidding me that was that was outrageous that was assault he should have been arrested. Fact. But um, just to say, Dustin Poirier, if he never gets an undisputed UFC belt, then a fuck I wouldn't rule out him doing it at welterweight, you know? Just to say that is one of the greatest fighters, to, that that's the greatest fighter to never win the belt. In my eyes. You can make cases for whoever you want, but that's who it's going to be for me. And I don't see that changing. I really, really, really don't. Alright, so, you're welcome back to Punkadelic Podcast. You didn't go anywhere, I did. I just, after, after all that crack about Dustin, I just had to go into the bathroom and cry. No, I'm just kidding. Dustin, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, it's all good being a fan of Dustin because the performances never, ever let you down. It's not like Kevin Lee or someone stupid like that. Thought we'd move now into the meat of this episode and get a bunch of podcasts recommended. So, uh, from mixed martial arts to so getting into it here. Here's what we got. We're gonna go through. There's a list of fifteen, but like within that, there's a whole bunch of extras. So it's not just fifteen. It's gonna be closer to like forty-five episodes probably. But um, yeah, let's go. I feel like I didn't have to pay for any of these either. This isn't. There's nothing here that's behind a paywall, and the vast majority of this should still be available. Oh well, maybe not some of the gas digital stuff, but you know that can be solved for a mere ten dollars a month, I believe. So some things worth thinking about there for sure. All right, so let's get into it because we are pressed for time tonight. Of the Joe Rogan experience, the best episodes are. The first Paul Stamets appearance. Paul Stamets is the world's leading mycologist, mushroom expert. And they break it fucking down about magic mushrooms, about regular mushrooms, about what type of mushrooms the industry came after him and threatened his life, how he got to know about mushrooms, 
how he cured his mum's breast cancer with mushrooms, how he's saving the bees with mushrooms, how his hat's made out of mushrooms, about his experiences on mushrooms, what he believes you're seeing when you're on mushrooms. Dude, get it fucking waxed. It's whacked out of its fucking mind. But it's genius. And then follow that up by watching Stamets' movie, Fantastic Fungi. You'll be converted. You will absolutely be converted. Man also has a number of great TED Talks. So get after it. Are you writing this shit down? This is going to be a fucking bunch of recommendations coming at you thick and fast in a fucking hot load. The other greatest episodes of Rogan are all of the Graham Hancock episodes. And I would argue that the best way to do that is to go right back to like the very first time he had him on, which is like some stupid number, like 83. And like we're up in like, what, 1700s now with the Rogan show. So so Graham Hancock, if you don't know, I mean, I'm sure I've talked about this on here before. Alternative historian believes that there were humans on Earth before this civilization and everything was disappeared and ground out under the crushing weight of an ice age. And although they are finding more and more and more evidence all the time, things just keep getting older, as he likes to say. Then that's all that shit about the erosion on the Sphinx and how it's fucking hundreds of thousands of years older than we thought it was. And this all leads into conversations about psychedelic drugs and asteroid belts. And it's just like proper out there shit. It's like this is what fucking Rogan built his name on. This is what we wish he would do more of, but... Also, Hancock's just a star himself, and the more and more work he does, because it spans, what, that spans, what, 20, no, 12 years, maybe, since he started coming on to, like, he was on last year or the year before, the work that that man has done, he's published five or six books in that time, and you get to, so if you go through it chronologically, and you let it develop in your mind, it's just like, holy fuck, <laughs> and then the implications, if true, are just beyond belief beyond comprehension what the fuck would we even do with the information i don't know but if people are out there keeping secrets let's get them fucking found out right am i right pocket files let's fucking go and if not we'll fucking shoot them yeah. all right real ass podcast best episodes the one with Big Jay Okerson as a guest where they go through the t the hottest rape scenes in movies. Yes, of course that happened on a real-ass podcast. Of course Louis J. Gomez put his name to that. Of course they watch them all and talk about how quote-unquote jerkable they are. And it's just the most distasteful, offensive, horrendous. Like, that lady came at them the other week <coughs> trying to cancel them over saying that her dad killed himself when in fact he had a heart attack and so she went to all their sponsors and tried to cancel them and it's just like have you seen what these boys do on a regular basis like they care not for cancellation you can't cancel like that's why they have their own network so if you're a fan of real ass podcast you'll understand so that was i think it was just after the pandemic so maybe may of 2020 Big J is the guest. It is outrageous. It's like a kind of a mini episode of Skanks, obviously. But go for it. Go go with you. Also, obviously, Coke Magic with Shane Gillis and Dan Soder, where Lewis is wearing eyeliner and doing magic with some fucking... I mean, we don't know that she's not a hooker. So let's just leave it at that. And uh, 
yeah, he just fucking performs a bunch of magic really badly over Zoom. And the two guys had been waiting for an hour and 45 minutes because Lewis's computer had to do a critical update. So Soder's getting all hungry and fucking annoyed and Gillis has no time for it. And they're just torturing Lewis. It's a fucking wild one. It's just proper anarchy on her. You'll love it. Then, speaking of the Gas Digital and the Legion of Skanks and Big J Okerson, the Legion of Skanks presidential election is the greatest thing in podcast history. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you weren't there and you missed out the first time, like, go and revisit it because revisiting that as a piece now, maybe even revisiting that as your introduction to Legion of Skanks could be absolutely insane. So you will have to pay for Gas Digital to go back and do that. But like, you have to understand, like at the time, because it was so pro wrestling, it was like spilling out onto everybody else's shows. All the other shows were talking about it. So it's like, it was just a wild thing to be there and be fucking paying attention to and how it all ended up and just bananas. <clears throat> also, if we're going to recommend Top Skanks episodes, one of my very, very favorites, and I believe this was on the election campaign, but um, early on in it, it was when the boys from RU Garbage just got real famous and they came on and ran the skanks through the garbage RU Garbage questions. Of course, they lit that fucking thing up like a Christmas tree. It was bonkers. I don't think there's ever been more garbage people on RU Garbage and I've listened to a bunch of those. So, And then, of course, skanks. Always a great episode when they have one of their segments on uh, who's most justified punching a woman and who's most justified using the n-word and they will just see a couple of videos of people letting themselves down in public and as they say themselves they're not saying anybody's justified punching a woman or using the n-word but they're just trying to rank who's most justified that's it so tasteless outrageous offensive horrendous if that's your vibes get on there now let's take a slightly more cultured look at podcasts here for a second because although there is that whole offensive comedy angle there is also good fucking genuine positive uplifting stuff out there and that's why the blind boy boat club podcast will never not be mentioned in my top podcasts fucking fantastic work as ever some great stuff recently um but the ones that really sucked me in were when he spoke about now here's the thing as well good luck finding these i'll try to find the links for you i guess but he titles his episodes all these wacky fucking things and it's just it's a nightmare to try and ever go back and find you just sort of have to it's one of those ones you just sort of had to have to be there you know but i was there from day one so hasn't been a problem for me but when he talked about caravaggio paintings and how they influenced martin scorsese movies and what a fucking cunt caravaggio was supposed to be in real life that was one of those ones where it was just like, wow, I had zero idea art was so interesting. Like art as in old fucking paintings and whatnot. Uh, when he interviews Bernadette Devlin, it's absolutely crazy. And it's just like you start to understand that there's like figures like this in Irish history that just will not get the credit ever that they're due. And the, the, the forum the blind boy gave her and just let her run with it mental if you've never heard that and you're an irish person particularly if you're an irish republican you should be a fucking shame to yourself you gotta get that heard that's outrageous really really mad podcasting she gets into top level detail about the night that um uda assassins came for her and stuff it's like mental storytelling um and yes many many more of those there are episodes about 
the invention of electronic Japanese instruments and the rise of musical movements, including disco and house, which are also absolutely brilliant. The influence of Donald Trump on hip-hop music, that was a great one. Um, the one where he linked, he had a hot take where the Nazis took the swastika symbol from like a bread delivery company in Dublin. And the links are all there, you know, we can't prove or disprove it, but just sets your mind spinning every week. And then I would also like to point out that if you search for an episode called Arse Children, that is the first, him reading out the first half of the wildest story from his first book, a collection of short stories. I have never heard anything like it. And then you'll, of course, have to go and fucking buy the book to read the second half because you can't leave it unfinished. But if you want to hear something, like, certifiably insane, but just, like, gleefully torching Irish cultural icons with, like, knowing that there's going to be a fucking prawn sandwich brigade somewhere totting at him it is wild very very ballsy alright Ori Shafir's podcast uh, Skeptic Tank so yes Ori is obviously a total filth meister and a real fucking dark cunt but his podcast is like real genuine and honest and he's engaged with his subjects a lot of the time he does do some more fuck around ones but um but he really, really gets into it with someone. He's a pretty good interviewer because he just has like has a list of questions and he asks them all. And that's it. And he pays people to be there also, $100. So people are usually happy to be there. So some of the, like the Tom Rhodes episode I thought was amazing because imagining the life that Tom Rhodes must live from the stories and the tales and the picture that he paints in that episode, like doing comedy in Mongolia, fucking getting ultra diamond status on an airline and just all this mad shit getting divorced just so we can keep traveling this man just loves traveling it's like holy fuck i don't love anything as much as that man loves traveling and he loves like one of the most fucking difficult annoying things you know as far as i'm concerned in the world so it was like a real one of those ones where it's just like holy fuck but it, it did make it sound incredible also so that's that. The Ms. Pat episode where she gets into all of her tales about t- selling drugs out of her kids' diapers in the fucking hood at 16. Just like, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like, And much worse. There's just wild stuff in there. Getting shot. Getting molested. Just Ms. Pat has lived a fucking life, boys and girls. you got to fucking check out Ms. Pat. Ari Shafir's podcast a great place to start. Um, she's also got a couple of good Rogan episodes and uh, then you can get stuck into her own podcast the pat down and go from there hilarious uh, from ari's podcast also shooter is one of the best podcasts of all time it's recorded live as part of the new york comedy festival they read out ari's college script called shooter which is a blatant blatant basketball ripoff and is just absolutely horrendous horrendous screenwriting but the cast that he gets to do the live reading is like a who's who of New York comedy now. So uh, Dan Soder plays the lead role. Michelle Wolf plays the love interest. Tim Dillon plays the roommate. David Tell plays the villain. Stavros Halkius and Yanis Pappas are there. Uh, Jeff Danish and O'Neill, Ari's buddies from the LA scene, they are hosting the event and narrating things. Ari's there. He's reading out the, the directions, the script directions. And um, am I missing anyone? don't know there's probably another big fucking name in there too but uh absolutely amazing 
brutal writing from Ari in his college thing and you can hear him like there's moments in it where he just realizes how bad it is and he's just like so regretting doing it but it's fucking hilarious you'll love it and they all obviously take the piss out of him so much it's like a roast basically it's wild <laughs> very very good podcasting um does a great episode with Bert Kreischer called fun is a four letter word where they just talk about having fun as grown men it's an interesting one relatable I guess um then he's also done a whole bunch of weird ones so if you go way back in his podcast he's like interviewed a homeless person a homeless trans person called Tallboy. he's introduced interviewed hookers uh, dominatrixes all kinds of crazy people people with crazy different uh occupations and stuff like there's a real real wealth of stuff going on in there the ali sadiq episode about prison the joey diaz episodes the years in review episodes with dave smith which will break down politics like in a proper accessible way trust me i should fear skeptic tank it's not just a whole bunch of dick jokes it's that's it it gives you a lot to think about to be honest a lot of the time okay in terms of scripted podcasts i'm blue in the face telling you these things but the black tapes and baraska are two of the most epic horror experiences you can have so get some joints rolled get out for nighttime walks and get fucking terrified but like such a high quality like the writing and acting in these is insane production off the fucking charts the black tapes and baraska go with god all right zach amico's midnight spook show the pet cemetery episode with dan soder and shane gillis who wouldn't love to fucking sit and watch a movie with those three guys that would be fucking epic bert's open tabs so if you go to the bert cast type open tabs i believe there's like 40 open tabs episodes and I just, just think that's a great concept. He just, every uh, tab that he has open in Google Chrome during the week, he goes back through and talks about the most interesting ones. So it's like not even a really long podcast. It's like 40 minutes to an hour. And um, yeah, just a cool fucking, you know, he's got that Eddie HD brain. Did I say that right? Eddie HD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Yeah. Jesus, I'm high. Um, all right, so then LinkedIn to Bert Kreischer when Bert was on the bonfire with Dan Soder and Big J Okerson. And uh, I cannot remember what they were talking about, but Soder, look, it just it blew me away. And there's also a part where Bert tells a story about riding motorcycles in Vietnam. And I'm explaining it badly, and I realize that. I'm hearing that now. I'm sorry. I'll try to find links for you to put in the episode bio. Bert Kreischer on the bonfire. Make that your YouTube search. The bonfire, Bert Kreischer go with that you'll find it you'll get there dan carlin's hardcore history podcast i'm not going to sit here and tell you wrath of the cans is the best episode or the best series of episodes because i'm going to tell you the blueprint for armageddon the series about world war one is that one blew me blew my mind in weird ways it was like it horrified me there was like some really really horrible deaths in world war one absolutely fucking gross but if you're going to listen to some hardcore history that might be one worth purchasing um the church of what ha what's happening now i just used to love that podcast particularly when it would just be just joey and lee sitting in the studio joey torturing lee telling him to put on movies put on music when he just sat there and smoked bongs and uh really big time one of the best episodes back there was andrew dice clay that was the first time theo vaughn told his fucking new york taxi cab hooker story in a real public setting so that's an incredible one to go back and watch 
Um, yeah, church of what's happening now with Joey Diaz, Theo Vaughn, and Andrew Dice Clay. The one where Dice Clay comes over to turn all the lights off and they get lava lamps and shit. Or maybe they just talk about doing that. I don't know. But Joey and Andrew Dice Clay obviously have the best of crack together. Going back a bit. So this was just I, an alternative title for this episode is going to be or maybe the title of this episode is going to be the podcast that made me want to get involved so like i don't know how much value there is in anybody revisiting this now because it was a topical news program at the time but the mma beat used to be the best mma journalism show there was because there was ariel hawani and there was luke thomas and there was also two other customers who would rotate around so that was just like having two different polar extremes of types of journalism like one just like wide-eyed wide-eyed fanboyism of ariel versus looks just hard-hitting cold fucking fact-based journalism so it was great fucking great duo and it often got to the fucking heart of matters a lot faster than a lot of other shows and there wasn't a lot of bullshit so that was a good one but as i say that's no longer active so not sure what the point would be in you going back to look at that maybe if you wanted to see some of their discussions around like uh ufc 205 to hear like what were the top journalists of the day saying about like mcgregor's rise i don't know but that was good ass journalism the bonfire i don't have specifics on this one for you because it's genuinely just an everyday one for me just start listening to the bonfire go type it into youtube because look we, none of us are going to pay for sirius let's all be honest here nobody's paying for sirius xm shut the fuck up sirius xm but the bonfire is consistently the most brilliant radio show around just they're always up to something i don't even know where to start explaining their pranks to you most recently it's not even pranks they're bits most recently big j okerson's gotten obsessed with online uh homegrown grassroots pedophile stings pedophile stings as i would say but as he says pedophile stings and they're currently setting up their own or going out for a ride along with a bunch of pedo hunters and i just think it's going to make for fucking cracking radio all right, specific episodes of the Tim Dillon Show, live from Cleveland, where he tells the story of his friend Bud Munster, um, a guy he used to take drugs with who was trying to kill himself. Um, also, if you hear Tim Dillon on the Lex Friedman podcast, you'll hear that there's a certain amount of brains going on there and there's a lot of self-awareness. And that's... If you think he's just shouting and you can't get into him and you're like, what the fuck, who is this, a big abrasive fat fuck? Definitely check him out on Lex Friedman. And um, also episodes of his show to check out, Fake Business, I Love My Family, Airbnb War, um, We're Back, many, many, many great ones. Um, fucking loved him, Dylan. I'm just not sure anymore if one episode a week is enough for me. That might have to be a sign up to the Patreon, to be honest. Okay, and then, yes, as you know, as I've talked about a little on this podcast so far this year, uh, Tarantino being on the Pure Cinema podcast, showing up on the Joe Rogan show and Mark Marin all within a relatively short time frame, just doing a big media blitz. You know, that man's just fucking buzzing to watch fucking films and to make films and to talk about films. So that energy I find to be infectious sometimes. That's why we'll have a fucking Lee Van Cleef Spaghetti Western on in the background right now. Um, some great ones that really got me excited. Uh, so... If you go to the Pure Cinema podcast, he guests on an episode about Kung Fu movies. He told that fantastic story about finding all of the prints in the Rickshaw Theatre here in Vancouver, which I might be going to a gig in soon. Who did I see was playing there? I can't quite remember. Um, and also the most recent episode, Discoveries, um, where they're talking about just like 
total piece of shit fucking grindhouse exploitation movies that there's no way you or I would have ever heard of and like they're like sort of low quality fucking movie that you can just type it into YouTube and it's there. I just watched one called Super Vixens and it was the wildest thing. It's just like, I can't Im- but it's obviously not the same impact as seeing it in a cinema as part of a three movie bill when you're like eight years of age but it's interesting, you know. It's not fucking watching reruns of The Office, so leave me alone. I am who I am. And also, Tarantino was fantastic on the 300th episode of the Empire Movie Magazine podcast. So, you know Empire Movie Magazine? Their podcast, them two talked about their best cinema experiences. And Tarantino told a fantastic story about going to see Aliens on open night. So, there you go. There's a whole fucking bunch of shit for you to listen to. Don't ever say you're bored. Don't ever say there's nothing to listen to. Get the fuck out there. Get a podcast stuck on. Get listening to Black Tape, Sparaska, Zach Amico's Midnight Spook Show. It's almost like you have friends. You know what I'm saying? Alright, so what about this? I was thinking about this the other day. So what about Mark Wahlberg is shit shooter so you know, he was in that dreadful movie shooter what if he was in shit shooter and it's just him running about shooting the shit with people having the crack it's like running into fucking burning buildings and like starting conversations with people oh fuck well it would be fucking better than any of the movies he fucking does make so fucking suck my dick all right we're about to run out of our timer here also but we've got a couple of minutes i did run outside for smokes and I do want to finish the year with a bit of Walloper Watch. Um, obviously, the best segment in podcasting. We're not gonna, we're not gonna leave his hanging without that. Like it's coming, baby. Don't worry. And uh, yeah, we'll go top up. We'll blast off a little bit more even before that, so we can bring the thunder. But listen, I prevented a hate crime the other day because I was going into a cafe to buy donuts, and my bus was coming, so I was under pressure. Been a long day been raining for about two months straight here in vancouver and everything i own is losing its waterproofness so i wasn't suffering any fools gladly you know what i mean i was just like in a hurry and then i got in and i got to the top well I almost got to the top of the line and this elderly asian lady was standing there gawking open mouth at the scene with her head craned up at like a 45 degree angle because she was about five foot nothing if that and didn't move completely statue statuesque but not in the sense of like she was large or statue worthy in that she was immobile there's the word i was looking for so i gave it a minute i gave it a minute woman behind the hills looking at this fucking statue being like oh shit did this woman run out of batteries in the fucking shop i'm 16 i haven't got a fucking clue what to do so I just ran in front of the old lady, straight up to the till then, and I was like, listen, give me what I want. And the second I did that, she was moving too. So I was just like, don't even fucking come up here fucking saying shit. You were skipped fucking fair and square, and it should have been done fucking sooner. Suck my dick. So it's just like, I'm so glad that nothing was said, because I would have just been like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> and it would have been a hate crime. The, the couple of the no-no words kind of started flying around, you know? Also, I'm getting fully red-pilled on the lab leak theory, so it's just like, haven't you Chinese done enough? Just kidding. We don't know that for sure yet, but... 
doesn't look great. And again, it's not the Chinese people that fucking did the lab leak shit. It's the fucking Chinese government. And more specifically, they're the ones that covered it up. So I think that's fair enough. Look, this podcast will get cancelled for something. It might as well go down swinging, you know what I'm saying? All right, well, when I get back here, boys and girls, it's going to be time for the last Walloper watch of 2021. Can you fucking believe it? They're out there. They're always out there. They're in the community. What is it I say in the fucking thing? Uh, anyway, yeah, fucking Wallopers. Have a fucking word with ourselves. Oh, we're just about to run out of time, too. Our hour is up. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Good times. Well, it won't keep you too long this week, I swear. And anyway, by the time I cut out all my bullshit, that'll be cut down to about 50 minutes, what we just did. So we'll come back in here for about 10 minutes while we're watching, and then it'll be peace, love, punkadelic Christmas. Have a punkadelic Christmas. Should I change it up for Christmas? Balls. I should have thought about this before I launched into this. Anyway, here's Walloper Watch. They live in your community. Get the fuck out. They comment on your posts. Their parents feel them. Fucking disgraceful. They are Wallopers. Just Mark Wahlberg sitting in bars all day, getting fucking lumped. 400 million box office, easy. Easiest bet you'll ever make in our life. Mark Wahlberg just sitting in bars for entire afternoons, getting fucking lumped. Absolutely, mate. 400 million box office, guaranteed. Rubber stamp that shit. Alright, let's go. It's Walloper Watch. It's the best segment in podcast, and it's the part of the show where we fucking throw our hands up and praise fucking Jesus that we're not Wallopers because what the fuck is wrong with these people? Now, it's important to note as well, if this is your first Punkadelic podcast and you're like, what's Walloper watching? What's a Walloper? This is where we go and we take people to task for the stupid things they write online. And we're not looking for people that are out there like hating on people or starting fucking alt-right movements or, you know, writing back to Coldplay fan pages. What we're really here to do is just as people that are just making the background din of the internet completely pointless waffling, basically. Although, if you do like pointless waffling, please do keep tuning in to the podcast. We're going to be here. We're coming back bigger, better than ever. Season 2, baby. 2022 season two podcast all right so here we go so listen here's what it is it's a headline from screen rant and it says spider-man no way home 13 movies to re-watch in preparation for its release listen fuck up screen rant there's like 13 spider-man movies so what sort of a fucking genius put this fucking list together? Are you kidding me? Get the fuck out of here. You're going to tell me there's going to be anything of actual note in there for fucking film buffs like myself, you know? Get out of here. And what's it going to be? It's just going to be all Marvel movies. Idiotic, completely pointless. Screen rant or very close to getting a fucking red card out of my Google News feed because 
like they're absolute con men for doing this stuff like this is what they're passing off every single day 13 movies before you go and see a superhero movie jesus fucking christ may i suggest getting a fucking gcs a year or two first christ almighty walloper now here we go so We've, in it, we've identified a bunch of substrains of wallopers on here. If you don't know, I'll let you know, motherfucker. There are MMA wallopers. People love letting themselves down over that. There are LinkedIn wallopers. There are people that love telling lies on LinkedIn. There are... All right, and then there are like these everyday carry knife and flashlight nerds that we find on Reddit. These people that just want attention because they carry things around in their pockets and just just want attention for fucking nerding out over relatively mundane shit i don't know but anyway so here we go look in from subreddit or slash knives headline actual bruh moment b-r-u-h so it's just like wow well we're gonna be in for something here aren't we so my dad just told me that i can't collect knives in brackets i'm 15 his reasoning knives are dangerous and are used as weapons any ideas on how I might be able to change his view on this without asking what he uses to cut his food? Thanks. So it's like, you just can't collect knives, you little fucking knife fucking freak. What are you doing? What the fuck do you need all these knives for? Absolutely fucking not. Then all the comments, 50 comments, 50 more fucking wallopers all being in there being like, well, if you lived in America, you could just get a fucking gun. And it's just like, holy good fuck. You just can't have a whole bunch of knives. He goes on and says he already has like five of them too. So I don't know. It's just like these fucking mental cases. Oh my God. Yeah. So I also saw one in here recently. I don't have the screenshot from it. I'm not quite sure how that happened. But here we all are. Bad podcast production from me. Whatever. But there was the one fella that put up this fucking Nazi knife on uh, the knife subreddit. And he was like wrote the story of how his grandfather uh, killed someone in a foxhole for it. And literally all the comments were just dragging the boy being like, that's a Hitler youth knife. You're a fucking grand that was telling tall tales. He killed a kid and took his knife off him. And uh, I will not hear fucking any entertainment of, oh, well, maybe it's an adult that kept their Hitler youth knife. It's like, I just don't know if those dates match up, bro. You know what I'm saying? So whatever. That's what we like to see. Fucking some fool jumping on there, trying to talk, trying to get themselves some attention talking fucking bollocks about god knows fucking what nice flashlights the flashlight ones are nearly the worst i thought i had another flashlight guy um but i must just must have saw that and moved on with my life because there was definitely a flashlight guy there recently who um like there was a workman in the building and he knocked on his the guy this guy's flashlight guy's door and because someone in the building had told him he had a nice flashlight and he was like oh my god it actually happened that was the headline and basically gave this boy a light and uh, it had a magnetic thing on the back of it so whenever the boy sort of jammed it into the space where he needed to see the magnetic thing jumped on automatically and this boy was like creaming himself over it and it was just like all right you own a nice torch what the fuck do you want from any of us like and then yeah again allowed to vote their vote counts as much as mine and they're on here fucking doing this Alright, so what about this as well? So, this girl's Instagram bio. Right? Apologies if you know this person. Because I think it might have come up with my suggested friends. God love you if you are this person. But this girl <laughs> boiled her life down to this. Everton. 
Leo Sun, Aries Moon, Libra Star. I was just like, you know, how the fuck does that help me perv on you, you fool? Like, what's going on here? How does all those things define you? How the fuck does Everton come before the star signs? I just... Fucking hell. I love the things that people boil themselves down to in their fucking bios. Mine was too blessed to be stressed on Instagram for absolutely ages. And I 100% stole that from a porn star, so... But she stole it from a fucking poster somewhere else, I'm sure. So, fucking... Come on. Now... Let's get in, get out, get even. Emma Bellington, what the fuck are you on about this week? Schmaltzy, saccharine or sinister? A brief guide to the worst Christmas carols. I bet it's not going to be that brief. I enjoy Ding Dong Merrily on high, but disapprove of my own enthusiasm. And don't get me started on we wish you a Merry Christmas, dot dot dot. Oh God, oh the humanity. Last night I sang in a carol service, many people indoors, exhaling an anxiety-inducing whirl of aerosols. Was it sensible? I'm not sure. We did our lateral flow tests, but you never know. Could I resist? Absolutely not. Living abroad, I would become deeply melancholy at this time of year if I couldn't sing carols. I'm not religious, but something about it, I suppose. The very precise way they conjure a nested sequence of times and places always moves me on. There are French language Christmas carols, but they never gave me the intense, heart-swelling nostalgia I get from those I grew up with. I mean, one of them is called Quelle odeur agréable, or What's that nice smell? Surely that is something you would ask on entering a kitchen where a delicious cassoulet is cooking, not a stable to adore Christ the child. I mean, that's not good. It's wordy as usual. Well, the funny bits don't roll off the tongue at all. Or the supposedly funny bits, excuse me, the allegedly funny, sorry, this is a legal matter now between Bennington and Punkadelic Inc. Punkadelic Inc. Um, Although I was delighted to do some proper Christmas singing at last, when the running order was circulated, I started pulling Scrooge-like faces and making sour comments, determined to check the gift horse's molars. I have opinions on carols, Lots of them. Oh my good god, here we fucking go. I'll bet you fucking do, you fucking boring bitch. First, I believe there are two types of good carol. Deeply weird and sombre, and what I would describe as shouty bangers. The weird ones have mysticism and strangeness, a sense of the, a sense of the palpable dangerous winter darkness that makes all that miracle stuff pop. I love lyrics such as Dread Caverns of the Grave and Nether hail, O come, O come, Emmanuel, bitter as any gall, the holly and the ivy, or sorrow sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb, the only redeeming bit in the otherwise tedious we three kings. Obscure words, what are oblations, are welcome, as are amazing visuals. His wings as drifted snow, his eyes as flame as gorgeous and gratuitous in Latin. What the fuck? You're just telling us your favourite fucking Christmas carol lyrics now. Like, what the fuck? That's hardly any call to write that down, like. What's this uploaded somewhere? What's this The Guardian? The second kind have a pulpit-thumping energy that leaves the singer hoarse and sweaty. What? Singing Christmas carols leaves you fucking sweaty? What is going on here? However cold the venue, hark the herald angels sing combined shoutiness and, in the full version, baffling lyrics. Bruising us the serpent's head, 
O come all ye faithful has the kind of chorus that builds and builds until you go home with a sore throat no strepsil can touch. Although not strictly a carol, the Advent hymn Hills of the North Rejoice includes the line, Shout while ye journey home, taking it into the God tier. Mention of Sin, Satan or Herod gets bonus points in either category. As for the bad, I don't want schmaltz and easy sentimentality. Earn my tears, damn it. Away in a manger is saccharine, and the fit us for heaven bit is sinister. Little donkey, perhaps even worse. Yes, I will almost certainly cry at silent night, balloon boy. But I will be furious at both myself and the carol, and good luck getting that peace bit at the end of the first verse not to sound like a beast in pain. Oh, come on, Emma, like, what are we doing now? I considered whether the use of the word little is a red flag, but it features in the lovely Coventry Carol, though this is less a carol than a hauntingly beautiful lament for the massacre of the innocents. Festive. Huh. Huh. Real funny use of brackets there. Anything that summons a vision of mutton chop whiskers or fur tippets is problematic, threatening a dyspeptic overdose of jollility. Oh, Jesus Christ. A dyspeptic overdose of jollity. Oh, fuck. You see what I mean? I'm not joking about this lady. She is a fucking arsehole. Anything that summons a vision of mutton chop whiskers or fur tippets is problematic. Threatening a dyspeptic overdose of jollity. Jollity. Made that hard on myself. That's just horrible. That's just fucking awful to be honest. There's not much left. Let's get through it. It depressed me. I was so stoned until I read that sentence and now I'm just like completely sober again. Let's just fucking get through this. We wish you a Merry Christmas used to cause my mother to fling open the front door when shifty youths came round, carol singing for cash and hiss with steely intensity. That is not a carol. Sing another. Oh, so your ma was a fucking bitch too. Are you kidding me? Oh, fucking hell. This paragraph is... Has been a roller coaster. What the fuck will the last sentence say? I honour her memory by hating it. Wow, what a family. Once in Royal David's cities, Christian children should all be mild, obedient, good as he is the worst kind of Victoriana. I imagine, doubtless unfairly, its author writing the line while an urchin cleaned his chimney. Urchins probably clean your chimneys, you rich fucking cunt. I raised the good carol, bad carol question on Twitter and stirred a good humoured hornet's nest spanning everything from the best setting of in the bleak with midwinter. Dark, but it's irrelevant as Christina Rossetti's assertion that my heart is an appropriate gift for an infant is un unacceptable. The punctuation in God rest you merry gentlemen. Jesus Christ. A day later, people are still volunteering their loathing of the 12 days of Christmas and love of O Holy Night. It's been a delightful distraction from, well, everything. Yeah, well, what do you mean everything? Because you certainly don't mean work. You certainly do not mean fucking work. In the end, of course, I loved every second of the concert, ending the evening teary and tight-throated, hopefully in motion, not Omicron. It was a pinprick of bright joy in the darkness, just like the best carols. Don't ever come near me singing carols. Not fucking once will you ever sing carols in my vicinity, Emma Bellington, or you will be it will be on fucking sight with us if it isn't already.
I already called someone out for an MMA fight in this podcast. You don't want to be on the receiving end of a fucking Jippo call out. What would your what would your friend say about that, huh? Big mouth. Writing your shit. Talking your bollocks. Have I ever heard of Ernie? No. Peace, love, have a good fucking Christmas punk at that affairs. <laughs>